the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Russia to scale back operations in Ukraine. Nobody should be fooling ourselves by the Kremlin's now recent claim that it will suddenly just reduce military attacks near Kiev. Democrats call for Justice Clarence Thomas to step down. Clarence Thomas is not responsible for like what his wife's views are. Breaking down Biden's budget proposal. Right now, Congress doesn't have a budget. They have appropriations, and that's only 30% of the spending. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, March 30th. I'm Mike Scott. Russia's defense minister says that liberating the Donbass region in eastern Ukraine is the main goal of Moscow's military operation. Russia's military also announced it will fundamentally scale back operations near Ukraine's capital as talks brought the outlines of a possible deal to end the grinding war into view. Deputy Defense Minister Alexander Fulman says the move was meant to increase trust in the talks after several rounds of negotiation failed to halt what has devolved into a bloody campaign of attrition. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says he is skeptical about Russia's seriousness about talks to end the Ukraine invasion. But the U.S. will support an end to the fighting if Ukrainian negotiators are able to strike a deal. The fact that the Ukrainians are, have the extraordinary courage and willingness and determination not only to stand up for their, uh, for their country and their futures, but to engage in these talks with a, with a gun literally to their head, I think um, speaks volumes. But I would look to them to characterize whether there's any, anything meaningfully coming. Blinken says he is skeptical of the Kremlin's sincerity during past negotiations. And if our support for, for Ukraine um, can, uh, can be part of that outcome, including uh, our support in the future for its uh, defense and security, of course that's something we'll, um, uh, we'll want to pursue. Uh, but... Again, from what I've, I've not seen any, anything that suggests that this is moving forward in, a, uh, in an effective way. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby says it will be foolish to take Russia's word that it will scale back near Kiev as talks progress. We ought not be fooling, and nobody should be fooling ourselves, by the Kremlin's now recent claim that it will suddenly just reduce military attacks near Kiev or any reports that it's going to withdraw all its forces. Kirby says many are curious about what Russia is up to. The Russian Ministry of Defense's recent talking points may be an effort to move the goalposts, moderating Russia's immediate goals and spinning its current lack of progress as part of what would be next steps. But it's too early to judge what additional actions the Kremlin may take. President Biden says he's not ready to take Russia at its word that it is willing to scale back military operations in key Ukrainian cities. We'll see. I don't read anything into it until I see what their actions are. We'll see if they follow through on what they're suggesting. 
Meantime, the Biden administration continues its major damage control from President Biden's ad-libbed remark, saying that Putin should not remain in power. Some critics point to that remark, saying it raises serious questions about the president's competency, especially after comments made to Fox News's Peter Ducey on Monday. Are you worried that other leaders in the world are going to start to doubt that America is back if some of these big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back? What's getting walked back? It made it sound like, just in the last couple days, Uh, It sounded like he told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like he said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon. And it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia. And we know none of the three occurred. None of the three. None of the three. Monica Crowley, former U.S. Assistant Secretary of the Treasury, joined the Hugh Hewitt Show on the Salem Radio Network to discuss the fallout from President Biden's overseas trip. The President of the United States apparently doesn't know what planet he's on, and the Vice President of the United States is in a perpetual state of nervous breakdown. <laughs> and, and while people sort of chuckle at that, it points to a very serious issue because we are in a slow-moving, slow-motion constitutional crisis here. Crowley says... She's not confident that President Biden is up for the job of commander-in-chief. But you've got the commander-in-chief of the United States who is clearly cognitively impaired. And what we know from just observing people in our own lives, never mind the president, is that once you hit a certain tipping point, and we all might get there, Hugh, but we don't want it in the president of the United States, once you hit a tipping point, the decline actually accelerates. Crowley believes that it's bad enough when a president makes a mess of domestic policy, but it's something else to make a mess of foreign policy. It's another thing to have the American commander-in-chief go on foreign soil and make a hash of things that involve war and peace and life and death. That's when you know that there is a huge crisis here. And when you ask what to do, Look, a lot of people are asking to invoke the 25th Amendment. Crowley believes that America's enemies will take advantage of what they perceive as weakness. So if you're America's enemies, whether it's Putin or the Iranian regime, the North Korean regime, China, you're taking a look at this and you're saying, okay, the the United States is crippled because they do not have a strong president or strong administration that's going to act in any significant way to push back if we move. That's why all of them are either moving or calculating to move. And the former assistant secretary says that suggestions that the president no longer ad-lib his speeches are concerning. We are now, Hugh, at the point where the president of the United States must not speak publicly about issues of war and peace. Hong Kong's deadliest coronavirus outbreak has cost about six thousand lives this year and the city is now running out of coffins daybreak insiders ed donahue has all the details the coffins typically are wood or wood substitutes and there is a scramble to keep up with demand albert co with the nonprofit funeral advisory group forget thee not says some families are using eco coffins they feel a little bit shameful to use a so-called paper casket they feel that this is not um 
is not, not respectful to their, to their beloved ones. Ko says the idea is to offer a more pleasant farewell without the fear of death. Hong Kong has reported about 200 coronavirus deaths daily on average over the past week. I'm Ed Donahue. Democrat Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York says she believes Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas should resign or face impeachment for texts his wife sent to former President Donald Trump's White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and because he did not recuse himself from cases surrounding the January 6th riots. The representative took to Twitter saying Clarence Thomas should resign or recuse himself from matters involving his wife and his vote to block the January 6th commission from key information must be investigated and could serve as grounds for impeachment, end quote. Thomas's wife, Virginia Jenny Thomas, sent text messages to Meadows urging him to challenge the 2020 election. Several Democrat lawmakers sent a letter to Thomas and Chief Justice John Roberts stating that he must disqualify himself from any proceeding in which his impartiality might reasonably be questioned. The letter was signed by several liberal Democrats and progressives, including Senator Dianne Feinstein, Senator Amy Klobuchar, Senator Elizabeth Warren, Senator Cory Booker, and Representative Cory Bush. Robbie Suave, an editor at Reason Magazine and co-host of Rising on the Hill Live, believes that Thomas has nothing to do with his wife's text messages. I, I don't really... Clarence Thomas is not responsible for like what his wife's views are to me, right. and and so I, I'm not. There's right now this like kind of attempt to associate him with this that feels very unfair to me. Kim Iverson of the Kim Iverson Show and the Hills Rising echoed Suave's thoughts. Yeah, I mean, look, my fiance and I are not politically aligned. Uh, yeah. We have different political views. I think that's pretty normal. A lot of a lot of marriages, the people are they don't share the same politics. Uh, and also on top of that, I don't think Clarence Thomas's vote is up for grabs, right? I mean, <laughs> it would be one thing if he was like a swing vote, like uh, you know, like Roberts or something. But he is firmly conservative. You can always count on his vote towards the conservative for the most part. So, I don't, you know, is this a scandal? I, I don't I think personally it's think so. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy said it is up to the Supreme Court justice whether or not to recuse himself. It may be easier for someone convicted of a crime to vote in North Carolina. Daybreak Insider's Keith Peters has that story. North Carolina judges have struck down a state law that prohibits people convicted of felonies from registering to vote while they are still serving probation, parole, or other supervision. While appeals are possible, Monday's ruling ultimately could allow tens of thousands of additional people to register to vote. The judge's decision expands on a preliminary injunction issued last August in a trial challenging a state law that delays the restoration of voting rights for some offenders who aren't serving prison or jail time. That injunction was essentially blocked, but Monday's ruling makes it more permanent. Keith Peters reporting. Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia shot down President Biden's new plan to raise $360 billion in revenue by imposing a 20% minimum tax on billionaires, a proposal the president formally unveiled Monday in his budget request to Congress. 
Biden also proposed raising the corporate tax rate to 28 percent from 21 percent as part of his budget request. But Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema has previously said she will not support a corporate tax increase. Kurt Couchman is a senior fellow in fiscal policy for Americans for Prosperity and joined the Daybreak Insider podcast to discuss what Americans should know about Biden's budget proposal. The president's budget is a way for the president to propose his agenda, much like governors do in the state. Uh, it is not legislation. That's Congress's job. But it does provide a lot of information that is useful to Congress in moving forward their budget-related legislation. Uh, This budget that President Biden proposed uh, this week is unique in uh, the budgets that I've seen during my time in D.C., and it's unique in that it doesn't include everything. Couchman points out that Biden's proposal may remove a means for fossil fuel companies to recover some of their costs of doing business. The budget proposal... um, calls for eliminating a number of tax provisions that largely provide cost recovery to fossil fuel companies. Uh, It's $45 billion over 10 years in tax uh, provisions that it would propose to eliminate. Uh, These are not egregious tax loopholes. These are cost recovery. It's like normally when a business goes out and invests or, or does an activity and incurs costs, they're able to deduct it from their revenue to come up with their their profits, their net income. And that net income is what's supposed to be taxed. Couchman says that many of Biden's proposals found their way into the president's Build Back Better Act. There are a number of policies that uh, were proposed and uh, in the last budget and ended up being rolled into the Build Back Better Act proposal that the House passed but has been languishing in the Senate. Most of those proposals aren't in President, President Biden's budget for fiscal year 2023. So I think it would be charitable to say that the current budget is incomplete. Um, and uh, that means that the claims that the administration is making about this budget being deficit reducing um, don't necessarily fully reflect the administration's uh, policy preferences. If the budget were to pass... Couchman believes that there would be a negative impact on the economy. If the Biden budget proposals with respect to revenue tax provisions went through, and it won't, um, then that would increase the cost for uh, energy producers and increase the prices for consumers. And it would do so by reducing the legitimate expenses that these companies should be able to deduct from their expenses. Couchman also shared with Daybreak Insider what he believes the Biden administration should do in order to benefit American taxpayers. The most important thing is for the administration to encourage Congress to do what the administration already does, which is to have an actual budget with everything in it, all the spending, all the revenue in the same bill so that the trade-offs are clear, so that members of Congress take responsibility for the overall budget situation and have an opportunity to propose amendments to try to improve on it. Right now, Congress doesn't have a budget. They have appropriations, and that's only 30% of the spending. And that's not the part of the budget that uh, really needs a lot of work. So we need to have everything together for Congress to be able to wrap its arms around it. The administration does this not perfectly. I mean, this is a political institution, 
But Congress needs to do that as well if there's any hope of getting things sorted out for the better. A special thanks to Kurt Couchman of Americans for Prosperity for joining the Daybreak Insider podcast. To read more from Kurt, go to americansforprosperity.org or follow him on Twitter at Kurt Couchman. Saudi Arabia's oil chief says markets are going through a jittery period. And he says the kingdom's ability to ensure energy security is no longer guaranteed. Saudi Energy Minister Prince Abdulaziz bin Salman says cross-border attacks carried out by Yemen's Houthi rebels have put serious questions to the kingdom's ability to supply the world with the necessary energy requirements. It goes without saying that if this uh, security supply is impacted, it would impact us, certainly our economy, our well-being, uh, our people. But more fundamentally, I think it's also would affect the world economy. UAE Energy Minister Suhail Al Marouzi says, don't tell us do this and do that. We know our expertise in the field of oil. We're trying to balance the market, and it's not an easy job. We're not the only producers in the world. And we, when we say this is the right way to do it, we know it from experience. So trust us. <laughs> Mexico's presidential jet is actually for rent. Daybreak Insider's Ron DeRoxtra brings us that story. Mexican President Andreas Manuel Lopez Obrador wanted to sell off the Boeing 737 Dreamliner because he thought it was too luxurious. The jet was grounded in 2018 before Obrador took office, and so far no one's expressed interest in the $131 billion aircraft. So the president says it will now be made available to the public to rent out for land-based weddings or coming-of-age parties. The aircraft will be given to a military-led company and will be parked at the New Mexico City Felipe Angeles Airport. No information on what the rental cost will be. Rhonda Rockster reporting. And finally, the NFL's 32 clubs passed a major rule change on Tuesday to ensure that both teams will possess the ball at least once in overtime of postseason games. The measure comes months after Kansas City won a divisional round playoff game against Buffalo, who were not given a chance to score in overtime. NFL writer Peter King joined Colin Cowherd to discuss that change. We should have uh, both teams being able to touch the ball in overtime in all games. But the problem with that, Colin, is that you also have a little cadre of coaches and GMs who are in the, hey, play defense school. Yeah. Okay, so the, the, the NFL went in today hoping that it could convince the group to uh, make sure that at least they pass this for overtime. King goes on to explain the reasoning for changing the rule. Because obviously 12 overtime games in the last decade, 10 of them have been won by the team that won the coin flip to start over. Yeah, overtime. in the playoffs. And yes, in, in the playoffs. Them, yeah. The second t- in playoff games. And, and in seven of those games, the, the, the team that didn't win the flip uh, it never touched the ball. Right. And so it's just a matter of fairness. You've got to eliminate the gross importance 
of the coin flip in overtime games. I think they'll get to a point where they change it in all games. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.